0: I'm ready. Welcome to the 1000 Hours Outside podcast. My name is Ginny Yurich. I'm the founder of 1000 Hours Outside. And I have a new author with us today, Courtney Devich. Welcome. Thank you for being thank you for having me. Well, so, okay, so here's the thing. We just found out basically that we're neighbors. <laughs> yes. I mean, we live in nearby cities 20, like they touch. 20 minutes? I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a thing. You talk to people all over the world and then Someone pops on. I mean, you're the closest. We should have done it in person. We could have, (laughs) yes.
1: (laughs) Maybe not at 7 a.m. because I have my pajamas on on my bottom here. So
0: (laughs) you can't see that part of the video. (laughs) It would have had to be later in the day. Yeah. (laughs) It was so cool. So we just live a stone's throw away, basically. And Courtney has a new book out about anxiety. And it was a really eye opening one for me, Courtney because you really talked candidly about your struggles. And I know that a lot of people struggle with anxiety and depression. And I see it a lot in our Facebook group where people are talking about how they wanna get outside, but they're very afraid. They're very afraid of different types of things, snakes, bugs, Mm -hmm. and sometimes they're nervous about strangers and all of these different things. So it comes up fairly regularly where people feel a little frozen and they want to live differently but they feel very stuck and so you basically wrote a book about that it's called mama's got anxiety but it's not going to steal her joy so you talk quite a bit about the pandemic and feeling stuck in the house and that type of thing so can you just give us a little bit of backstory you say this started really when you were a kid yeah Um, Yeah, so
1: I would say that I struggled with anxiety as a child, Um, just things that probably shouldn't have been fearful as a child. Um, I would lay awake all night long, just filled with worry before school would start or if I had something big coming up like a test or, you know, basketball tryouts. Um, I was afraid to sleep downstairs by myself, so I'd be going upstairs to my younger sister's bedroom. Um, just very obsessed and worried about the future, like, especially about like college and career choices and marriage and children. And I'm like, I'm, you know, 12 years old, I shouldn't be thinking about these things. So I'd say it was very present as a child. Um, but I wasn't formally diagnosed until I was 19 years old. Um, and then put on medication after that, that was just like, you know, the stress over college and work and all of those things then enter motherhood. Um, motherhood, I would say really, really heightened my anxiety. Um, My, my first son was born four weeks premature. So things like feeding and getting his weight up, he had jaundice, like it just was very stressful. And then every pregnancy I've had, I'm just had baby number three here three months ago. Um, So every pregnancy I've had after him, just that anxiety of, am I going to have another preemie baby? Um, you know, and then we obviously all moms worry about things like SIDS and are they eating enough, um, especially, you know, if they're nursing or um, are they gaining enough weight? Is the swaddle tight enough? Just all those worries. But I'd say that when it becomes just the normal motherhood worries and then it becomes like an anxiety disorder is just that persistent, overwhelm worry that does not go away and it's affecting your everyday life. Um, Where the backstory of the book kind of came from was that I became a stay-at-home mom at the start of the pandemic, um, decided I could not put my babies in daycare at that time, just didn't know what was you know happening, the whole world was shutting down Um, and my anxiety just kept progressively getting worse the more and more I stayed within the four walls of this home and it was stealing my joy of motherhood. became a stay-at-home mom, wasn't able to go outside, wasn't able to enjoy these years with my littles. And then it just, like, the fear of everything else that was outside these walls, like, you know, there was all kinds of other stuff going on in 2020. I just became, like, I just want to stay in my home home forever. I'm not sending these kids to school. There's going to be a school shooting there. Like, just all the other worries and fears of the world kind of just come crippling down on me. So I started writing a book, and the book um, doesn't touch, like, not everything is about the pandemic obviously like it is just about motherhood anxiety those worries that we have as moms and just kind of you know the pandemic fed it and i came out of the pandemic through the writing of this book
0: yeah do you find that when you talk a lot of people there's a lot of moms that write to you maybe personally or privately to talk about similar things
1: yes um i I know like we just sometimes feel like we're just so alone when we're struggling with mental illness in general, whether it's anxiety or depression, but I feel that I share when I share other people share. Um, Mm -hmm. and whether it's in the comments or, um, messaging me in my DM there, there's a lot of me too, that I get, um, as far as I just thought I was the only one and thank you for writing what I feel. And yeah, I would say that, anxiety is so common among us moms and some of us, you know, it's, it might be postpartum anxiety where it's just related to the baby and we can get through that. And um, obviously medication therapy and everything can help with that, but um, you can go on to develop an anxiety disorder after becoming a mom. Or if you're like me and you've had anxiety, your whole life and motherhood just kicks it up into high gear.
0: Yeah. It's a lot to deal with. And there is a lot that, especially that first year with a baby, yeah. where you don't really know what you're doing and you don't really, they can't communicate with you. And there's, like you said, the weight thing. I remember I had a, a girlfriend who had a baby years before I did, and her husband was in the military. So he was deployed. Yeah. And she lived uh, uh, several states away. So I remember going to visit, and she was just so on edge about the baby gaining weight. And then she had to go mm-hmm. in for these weight checks. And so, It seems like almost from the very beginning, you know, they're pricking their heel for blood and do they have jaundice? And almost from the very beginning, it sort of rolls away from you. And that was one thing I wasn't expecting with motherhood was the fact that you lose control. And you may maybe before you became a mom and depending maybe on what age you became a mom. But, you know, I was in my mid to late 20s. So I'd had several years where I could structure my own life and Mm -hmm. had a little bit of a rhythm and a routine and then the baby comes and the baby doesn't fit often, ours didn't, into that rhythm yeah. and routine. Yeah. And so you're kind of waiting, like you're waiting like, okay, well, at some point I'm going to be able to rein this back in. But I've been a mom for 15 years and it still hasn't happened. So yeah. you really step into this different type of life where you have a lot more unknowns. And that's one of the things that you talk about in the book is control. And I, I could see us, I mean, like covid And everything else that's going on in the world really shine the light on the lack of control. There's a lot of things going on in the world around us um, that we don't have control over, but still we have to sort of navigate through. So how does control play into the anxiety? Like you talked about, I get anxious if I feel like I lack control. But once we become a parent... We really do. We don't have any control. (laughs) Right? No, we don't. How do you deal with that?
1: Um, I think it just kind of so it's really like you have to come think about what is the fear uh, that I'm facing or that I think I'm facing that's making me feel like I need to control that. Um, and coming back to like, is it a rational thing or is it an irrational thing? So for me, like, I have to like control bills and manage the money. My husband does not know how to get into the bank account. Like literally if I die, he doesn't know what to do. (laughs) Um, But I, so this is just kind of one example. So I have to like, you know, manage the bills and pay them because if we don't, we'll, you know, the water will get shut off or the electricity. Is that like really a rational thing that I need to cling on to so hard for dear life? Probably not because if I were to forget, they would send me a notice. It would get turned back on like, Um, I'm able to pay it, obviously, like there's somebody who's not able to that, you know, is a kind of a different story and situation, but other things like just controlling, you know, who our children are friends with when they go to school. I've got my oldest starting kindergarten here soon. And it's just like, okay, you know, have I prepared him enough? Is he going to be okay? Like he's going to be away from me for seven hours a day. Like this is, it's going to be a really like, I'm going to lack, lack a lot of control here. And I'm going to have to just kind of deal with it because, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's got to go to school. He's, he's gotten to that age. And so um, just really trusting that I've prepared him and I've equipped him to make good choices as far as who his friends will be, you know, playing with kids on the playground, being kind and nice and You know, listening to his teacher, just all those simple things that I will not be able to control because I will not have eyes on him. So, just as moms, just not, you know, learning to just surrender our children and just trusting that we've equipped them and that everything's going to be okay because we can't control them forever. Especially, you know, moms are got kids going to college here soon and they're going to leave their little nest and. We just got to trust that we've done what we
0: can and Mm -hmm. hand it over to God. It's like that's sort of the process, I think, of parenting and childhood. Is it this mutual Mm -hmm. learning where the child is growing and then we're learning to let go of control? And I think that for some of us, it starts right at the very beginning with the pregnancy, the birth plan. You know, the birth plan that often goes out the window because you have different health complications and things. And so that sort of was my experience. It was like, Oh, okay, from the very beginning. And you talked about how, you know, I was planning to have a November baby, and the baby came yeah. in October. So yeah, <laughs> even that <it> was early. <laughs> yeah. So you have all of these plans. And I think the baby shows up. And I think in a lot of ways, it really, the, the process of becoming a mother helps us grow in that way. Yeah, because we have no choice but to Yeah. And you say the more we control, the more we want to control. So that was an interesting statement because it made me think about how if we have a bent toward that, we're trying to control. That actually maybe that might be the worst thing for us is that when we have the opportunity to control a lot of things, then we we sort of become stuck there.
1: It's like a vicious cycle; it just creates more anxiety because yeah. you you just need things the control. Yeah,
0: yeah. And so here's a situation where the kid comes and, uh, like you said, off they go and this is a practice round, right? They go off to kindergarten, it's seven hours Mm -hmm. and you're practicing because like you said, at some point it'll be college. And for some parents listening, they may already be there. They're already at the college spot. And you also wrote about control to stop striving for perfection. It's not gonna be perfect. And we just have to let a lot of things go so that our kids can grow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that can lead to a lot of anxiety. You talked about fear and you just kind of brought it up. Well, with the example of your bills. Mm-hmm. And you wrote about unrealistic fears, which I said, that's the thing that comes up often. We have this Facebook group and people know, they they know their fear is unrealistic. Yeah, They know it's holding them back, but they're looking for answers on how to deal with it. So you wrote, you may need help from someone else to determine what's an unrealistic fear. So can you talk to us about how we might go about doing that? Have you ever had experience where Maybe you ask somebody else or you really have to sit down to kind of rationalize.
1: Yeah. um, Well, I've tried to rationalize myself and my anxiety would usually just try and talk me back into the fear. Um, My husband is, you know, who I lean on the most and trying to just talk to him. You know, I've got something that um, is making me obsessive and worried um, and I'm not able to sleep Well, I go to him and I talk to him and he just kind of talks me down. I'm like, okay, is that really something that you should be worrying about at 1 a.m.? Or is it really something that you should be afraid of? And so just having somebody, like whether it's your partner or um, a friend that you also know struggles with anxiety, or, you know, maybe it's a therapist. Um, That is totally okay. I'm back in therapy right now. Um, (laughs) Postpartum emotions and mental health is real here. Um, So, you know, maybe it's just talking to just anybody about it and just, you know, talking to them, like, is, is what I'm going through right now, what I'm thinking, my anxiety and how it's spiraling in my head, is that really rational or not? And they can, you know, talk you down from it and help you. It's kind of a little tricky because my husband also has anxiety. So sometimes it's mm. like, Okay, you're going to talk me up and then I'm going to get you anxious as well. So, but most of the time he's talking me a lot of the times actually his anxiety is totally different than mine and that's what's really interesting about it is that it can manifest completely different with with everybody as far mm-hmm. as what what makes us afraid.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so dealing with different fears and then you talked about overthinking. So, this is something that I could imagine really would affect a lot of the things because it's affecting your sleep. Yes.
1: <laughs> as you're looking at me sleep deprived here.
0: <laughs> well, and you have a three month old. So obviously I you're, know. you're sleep deprived because of that. But that would be a tricky thing that even if you don't have a baby, if you can't turn your mind off, then you're not sleeping. And then I would imagine that exacerbates all of the things. Yes. So how have you dealt with the mind that runs at night you can't sleep, your brain is spiraling, that type of thing.
1: Um. I usually sometimes I have like a list going on next to me here on my nightstand, because I mean, especially right now with launching a book, it's like all the to-do lists and everything. And then, you know, kindergarten, like, oh, did I get the copy of the birth certificate? So putting a pin in it, so to speak, um, and saving it for tomorrow or thinking about it tomorrow, like if it's a big decision that you've got that's coming up, that's weighing on you, like school choices or whatever the decision may be. Um, I think that's one of the examples I use in the book of just, okay, I'm going to just think about this tomorrow. I'm going to put a pin in it and talk to my husband about it tomorrow. Um, another thing that I'll use is just like going to, I call it my happy place, just kind of taking my brain and putting it somewhere else, like totally Ooh. retreating from that thought, going to another place. And eventually, you know, I will, will fall asleep. I do prayer. I've done. Um, I've tried meditation. I sometimes that's like meditation apps. Um, sometimes that can be a little, little weird to me. I don't know. <laughs> sometimes it works for other people though. Um, um, I'm trying to think of other stuff um, that I've tried. It's just really about getting off the worry wheel and retreating from the thought and moving on to something else. Mm -hmm. Um, Taking your mind elsewhere and shutting it down, basically.
0: I have been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs when my immune system feels unsupported. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop Mixed in water once a day, every day. And it makes me feel nourished and ready to face the day. As a parent, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I want to make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so I can continue to show up for the moments that matter with my kids. Every day, AG1 helps me build long-term health with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm setting myself up for the long run. AG1 is a supplement I trust, to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase, exclusively at drinkag1.com 1000. That's drinkag1.com slash one zero zero zero. Check it out. Everyone wants to start their year off on the right foot. And for me, that means making sure I'm eating well and have enough energy to do everything I want to do. But I'm not going to run to the butcher every day to get a fresh cut of quality meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for our family. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. Their products are vacuum sealed and frozen at peak freshness, so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want. We had a somewhat last minute get together recently, and it was so incredibly convenient to just head to the freezer and pull out a couple bags of Good Chops hamburger patties to whip up some burgers quickly. They were so delicious. Besides being delicious, it's important to know it won't cost you a fortune either. Good Chops price per meal starts at just $3.74. Go to goodchapcom slash outside120 and use code outside120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code outside120 at goodchop.com slash outside120 for $120 off. goodchapcom slash outside120, code outside120. I like the idea of taking your mind elsewhere, and I almost wonder, if that might even work during the day too. Yes. You know, you talk about it at night, this is one of the biggest times because nothing's going on and all of a sudden you're laying there with your thoughts. Yeah. And so it can be worse then. But even during the day, if you're feeling like, okay, well maybe this is an unrealistic fear, but I really do want to go do this thing with my kids or I want to go to this place. I like the idea of your going to your happy place. I think it's hard to not think about something because then it just keeps popping in. But then yeah. if you choose to think about something else, that maybe that replaces that obsessive worry or whatever that you're thinking about that is scary so you talk about that your happy place which is really special was at your grandparents Mm -hmm. house that's where you go can you tell us about that
1: yeah my grandparents um uh they just i have such a special place in my heart for them um my my papa died when i was 13 so i was pretty young and it was the first time i experienced some real grief so my happy place is just uh sitting in my grandparents house my papa just eating his his bacon drinking his coffee and um, reading the newspaper and my nana's at the the kitchen um making breakfast or she's you know making me a chocolate malt which was kind of our thing she always liked to slurp the bottom of it out with her her straw so my nana died just a month after my first was born, my first son. So wow. um they're both they're both in heaven right now, but that's that's where my happy place is and I just eventually just being there for a little while just kind of shuts down the the noise of my brain and the hmm. calms my fears and puts me to sleep. Wow. What do
0: you think it was about being there and just that simplicity?
1: I think that as a child, um my childhood was a little um I didn't say rough, but I, I, my parents went through a divorce and uh, at a really tricky age, I was, I was 14 Mm. um, when they separated. So I think that just my grandparents' house was like just a safe place for me as a child. Like I always just felt safe there. And so I think that that place specifically just doesn't, there's no fear in that place. And I just feel safe and at home and comforted.
0: Wow. Did they live close by?
1: You're about an hour away. Yeah. I I lived in Montana. So everything's kind of more spread out. That's where I'm from. Yeah. I'm in Michigan now.
0: Yeah. So an hour didn't feel super far if things are pretty spread apart. Yeah. So I'm pretty often. Yeah. Yeah. Aw. If there's grandparents listening, it's such an interesting thought that your simple life could be so impactful for someone else down the road. Yeah. You yeah. know, you wonder if they could have ever thought, like, here I am doing my simple things. I'm having my coffee. I'm eating my bacon. Yeah. I'm reading the paper. There's nothing extravagant or out of the ordinary about that. But here it is something that really helps you to get through this mm-hmm. mothering journey. So that's really beautiful and encouraging. Encouraging to try and have our homes be safe places for other people where they can come and just relax. Yeah. You even talk about the adult coloring books, which those have gotten really popular. Uh-huh. Yes,
1: yes, um, that was something I
0: think I can't
1: remember if I read about that or my therapist suggested it, and I was like, "Oh, I'll try that." Like, yeah. And yeah, it sometimes kind of feels silly because you know I've got kids with coloring books everywhere, but and I feel like sometimes I get like a little like obsessive with it too. Like I gotta stay in the lines a little bit here too. But yes, that's an, also a good one is the, the adult coloring books and mm-hmm. um, you know reading before for before bedtime. Like our kids, you know, get stimulated very easily. So, you know, staying off the phone, not scrolling before bedtime sure. is going to help with with the sleep as well. And so yeah, reading also before bed can help kind of just turn the, that brain off and get your mind somewhere else yeah. before, so you can sleep right away.
0: There are these really cool coloring books. I'll have to send you a message about them because I can't think of the name of them off the top of my head. But I don't know if you've seen them. They're they're pretty big and it'll be like this page and every it'll have I don't know hundreds of shapes on it like hundreds of triangles or hundreds of circles and they're all numbered Mm -hmm. with a color coding thing and so then you start to color it in and it takes a long time but eventually a picture emerges yeah and so it's really neat because you don't know what it's going to be so there's like an animals one there's like a cityscapes one we love doing that and and sometimes we'll do it together because there's so many things to color in I think that stuff is super fun and it's good for a fine motor and it's just one Mm -hmm. of those things that, like you said, it gets you off the screen and other people talk about the same thing. Like if you say, okay, it sounds a little funny, it's an adult coloring book, but I was talking to um, this guy named John Acuff, who's written a bunch of books and he does Legos Yeah. and he talks about how he's an entrepreneur and he doesn't have a lot of control over his day-to-day business mm-hmm. it's a little tricky sometimes there's no one telling you what to do you have to figure it out on your own mm-hmm. and he said legos just bring him into that spot where he can just kind of relax into it follow these step-by-step directions and now they make all sorts of legos for adults
1: mm-hmm.
0: like i see them a lot of times at the bookstore and it'll be like the home alone yeah <laughs> and seinfeld and you can make flower bouquets and yeah they really they make them now for adults and i think like those types of things are good for quieting the mind.
1: Have you heard of diamond painting? No. No. So that was something also similar. Um, one of my kids in, or one of the kids in um, my son's pre-K class brought him for a whole class to t- do and it was like these little rhinestones and it's got the numbers on it as well and the different colored rhinestones and you're placing it on there. And he brought it home and he was super into it for a little while. And it was a little tricky because he did. He's learning his numbers as well. Right. Um, But I took over and I spent like two hours on it and had like my hand cramping up and everything from it because I was so obsessed with it. But that's another thing. that was like really cool and just like time consuming, but took my
0: mind off of stuff. and just was relaxing a little bit, too. Those are some great ideas, Courtney. And I was talking to this woman named Jill Winger. Who has a book coming out called old-fashioned on purpose and she said that there is this information out there these studies that say when you work with your hands it helps your brain release dopamine Mm -hmm. and so it really does help you feel better and we've moved away from that quite a bit in the way that we live so like you said sometimes it feels silly like we're doing these crafts what are we doing yeah but no there's really some scientific backing to any of those things that if you like a little bit of the sewing or i like mosaic yeah. so that's kind of what that's like right putting these little things together and it creates this broader picture so those are all some great ideas i'll link in the show notes that coloring book that i have because there's a couple different ones and they're so fun they're great for a rainy day and they just kind of just show up then you're like what did i i remember like i did a butterfly and one's a giraffe and everyone's guessing yeah. And then they're wrong, and then it turns out to be something else. So, lots of really cool ideas about, especially at night, so you don't have to be f- fixating on things. There was something many here I'd never heard of, Courtney, about the ear crystals.
1: Yeah. Um, I vertig- the vertigo story. <laughs>
0: yeah, The <a> vertigo story.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, I yeah, I did not know we have like ear crystals in our inner ear. Let me get that. Yeah, I think it was the inner ear. I mm-hmm, can't that remember sounds right now. But apparently, um, sometimes I think I had uh, an episode, well, it's been like about a year since I had my last vertigo episode. But sometimes when I've flipped over like in the bed from one side to the other and I just go like teacup Disney World's world is spinning here. Um, and I thought for sure I was dying and it was vertigo, I guess. Um, so yes, the ear crystals, just apparently we have those in our ears. if they get dislodged, um, they can cause that vertigo feeling Mm -hmm. there's like different exercises and techniques that they can do to kind of put them back relodge them um, and relodge them into their spot. Yeah. So that was just another thing that was a lot to deal with. Top of everything. A
0: lot to deal with. Yeah, for sure. And sometimes it feels like, like you said, like you feel like you're dying. I got a little bit of
1: hypochondria too. So <laughs> with the anxiety adding it to like, oh my goodness, like, what is this weird symptom? Or what's this bump on my head? That was that a brain tumor?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is a lot to deal with. I know. <laughs> you are rocking it out. You wrote a book. Thank you. And you've got a three-month-old and you got little kids. You said your oldest is going into kindergarten?
1: He's going into kindergarten. My middle is going to start preschool part-time. And then the youngest. You have is a three-month-old. Old.
0: Mm-hmm. I wonder. Do you sometimes think like maybe it might feel easier once they're a little bit older, or do you think that since it's something you've been dealing with since you were a kid, 12, 13, that it'll always be? I I just think parenting gets a lot easier. These are really hard years.
1: I if you're you're further along in parenting than me, so if you say that, I
2: believe you. Yeah, I mean, it gets um, a lot
0: easier. Where you can trust that they know what they're doing and when you have a toddler and they're irrational or preschooler yeah they don't know they don't know what they're supposed to eat and not supposed to eat and they can't help you Mm -hmm. you're having to do all of it on your own you're shouldering a whole lot and so i would hope i know my mom says
1: she lays awake at night a lot still with worry um and i'm you know a thousand miles away from her so Um, That's, that's the only person I've told me that it doesn't get any easier. So mom, if you're listening.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's not very hopeful, but you're (laughs) in the process now of dealing with it. And I think that as kids get older and like we talked about at the beginning, as you get used to this, a little bit of time apart. And as you get used to the friends that they make and you start Mm -hmm. to see that things are okay, but, yeah. <laughs> your yeah
1: you're doing a good feel- job. <laughs> you're doing your a good mom. job,
0: Mom. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. It well, it has gotta be tricky to be that far away from your adult kids and to have this 18 years where you kind of knew where they were and now you don't every single day. And yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. It's a tricky thing. It's like what's the better what's the better spot to be in? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You had a story in here about a house fire. It was one of your biggest fears. Mm-hmm. And then it happened a couple doors down. Yeah. Can yeah. you tell us about that?
1: Yeah. So I'd say the, the reason it was a big fear of mine, like it's not totally irrational. My house is a Cape Cod style. So my children's rooms are up on the top and my mm-hmm. master is on the main level. So it's kind of, ever since we moved into this house was like, okay, what if I can't get up there to them? What if like the catwalk is on fire and I can't get in, you know, to the other person's room. So there was a, a house fire. It was, um, actually just like six months into COVID. Mm-hmm. um, They're in 2020. Just the year 2020 that was, was a hard, hard year. year for you. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, But the t- house two doors down, um, something in the garage caught fire. And then just kind of the whole house went up into flames. And you think about everything that we have in our garages that are flammable um, from yeah. like, gasoline, m- gas mowers and everything like that, or batteries to our kids ride on toys or everything so it just it spread really quickly and then it actually like jumped roofs to the house right next to me so we actually did evacuate and get the kids out of here because it was like the fire department had not shown up yet so it's like okay yeah. our house is like the next one in the line of fire here and I don't know you know other things like gas lines and everything I'm assuming are connected between the houses and everything so we um we evacuated the uh, first house uh lost all of their their belongings luckily mm. everyone got out in time they evacuated through a second story window and then a wow. another neighbor who was up with a baby in the middle of the night saw or heard and god bless him he came out with a ladder and got them down from the,
0: the roof wow of their, like a fireman the yeah. neighbor brought the ladder wow
1: yep um and then the um the owners of the second home um we woke them up in time. Cause they're, I mean, vinyl siding just really just engulfed in flames right mm. away. So got them out in time and then, um, nothing happened to our house. Luckily. Um, my son, I think did, he was, what was he two and a half at that time. And he, he has had like some fears of like coming out of his room and stuff like that, that we've had to work through. He's much better now, but I, I know he, he remembers that and yeah, seeing the flames mm. and everything. So,
0: wow. So yeah, it was one of your big fears and you really lived through it. How has this book, has the book added to your fears? Has it helped you push through some different things? Is it a completely different animal than some of these other anxieties? Yeah, I'd say
1: that the book was like my healing journey. I, I When I first started the introduction, I was still hunkered down in my house living in fear. So I've been through the journey Um, writing it that, you know, the reader will hopefully go on um, the journey with me. And so coming out of it, finishing the book, I feel like my anxiety is in a way different place now than it was three years ago, six years ago, even, Um, especially like with my, the birth of my third baby here just a few months Uh ago, like, I I think I added in the book, um, I kind of had a fear of, you know, do I want another baby? We'd always talked about three, but for me, it was like, okay, having another baby means having another child to be nervous about <laughs> and worried uh-huh. about. Yeah. And um, especially with just like the pre premature birth history and everything, I was like, do I want to go through all of that, that pregnancy and that anxiety and fear of, is the baby going to be born early? So through writing the book, I submitted my manuscript and a month later we got pregnant and it was planned. So it was mm-hmm. like a, I I can do this. I'm going, and it was the most peaceful pregnancy that I have had. Oh, um, so it was, it was really just the, the book just um, helped me throughout all of that. And uh, postpartum was a little tricky. I did have some gestational hypertension, um, some medication for some blood pressure there, but yeah, it was just, yeah. So in a
0: way this this book brought me through and now i've got another little bundle of joy. <laughs> well, that's so interesting. So what do you think it was? Do you think it was sort of getting your thoughts out on paper and wrestling with those? What do you think?
1: Yeah. I think that just, yeah, just getting the thoughts out on paper and going through the journey and learning to lean on God and his strength throughout all of it. And just learning to take my joy back. It's right there in the subtitle of, you know, my joy is not going to steal my mother or my anxiety is not going to steal my joy and my motherhood. And I'm not going to let my anxiety be the boss of me anymore is is what I write there in the, the final chapter is that it's, it's a part of my story. Obviously it was a big part of my story. Cause I wrote 50,000 words on it, um, but it's not, it's not the full, my whole life. It doesn't get to have that much control over me. And so Being able to say, no anxiety, you're not going to boss me around. You don't get to dictate how many children I'm going to have or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, what my life is going to look like or, you know, taking my joy from me every single moment of every day, especially in my motherhood. So just being able to talk back to your anxiety, talk back to that fear and saying, nope, you're wrong. Um, I know what the truth is and you're not going to steal my joy from me in this moment or in my life
0: anymore. Mm -hmm. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Question, what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Read a few chapters of that book, start painting that guest bedroom, tackle that pile of laundry, play a card game with your kids. A lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy, is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit betterhelp.com 1000hours to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp h-e-l-p.com slash 1000 hours. When the skies open up while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody and my vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable, turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessi's stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot slash outside for 15% off your first order. Yeah, that's huge and will really make things different for your kids because then you talked about when you're struggling with anxiety and if your husband's struggling with it and you struggled with it since you were a kid, there also tends to creep in this worry about your your own kids. Yes. Are they going to struggle with it? Yeah. Yeah. And so you're kind of on the lookout for that. Yeah. But as you're helping to deal with it with yourself, then you're also giving your kids strategies because they're going to see that too. You talk about how anxiety affects your health can you talk about how that affected you?
1: Yeah. So, um, when I actually, uh, was diagnosed at 19 with anxiety, I, I thought I was having heart issues. I was having chest pains a lot. Um, so I went to a cardiologist cause that's what you think when you've got chest pains, Like mm-hmm. something's wrong with my heart. Um, so all the EKG, all the cardiology tests and everything showed nothing wrong with my heart. And they're like, I think you just, you have anxiety. I was like, Oh, well that, that makes sense. I think I've had that for my whole life then. Um, mm-hmm. So the the chest pains um, is sometimes feeling shaky or nauseous, especially if it's like a panic attack where I'm, what I'm going through. Um, I've also been through <laughs> TMI here. I've gone through all the testing with a GI doctor and it's my anxiety. Anxiety mm. can cause you to have just kind of irritable bowel and GI issues as well. So there are definitely lots of different physical symptoms of anxiety yeah. when you're going through it. Um, especially with the, you know, panic attacks. And I think a lot of people just don't ever think about that or, or correlate it or, to, you know, Oh, that's anxiety. That's anxiety's fault. Um, because we just think of it so much of as an invincible illness you can't see it so um yeah. those are some of the things that i've, I've yeah
0: <laughs> well one of the ones you talked about too is irritability which would be a tricky one mm-hmm. too because it's like well we don't really want to be an irritable mom but yes, i would imagine if anxiety children is, well even it's taking up all of your bandwidth
1: mm-hmm.
0: just to deal with that and to deal with life then you could see how you would be yes more irritable or you just have less runway there yeah You know, it's taking up a lot and kids take up a lot too. So yeah, I could see how that would be tricky. One of the things you talked about too is that anxiety can make you feel like a failure. So this was a story about comparison. You had babies, similar time as your sister. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that for a second, how you dealt with the comparison and looking, kind of looking around, seeing what everyone else is doing and how that can add to anxiety.
1: I think sometimes that still can like, creep up on me um to be honest like especially with like social media and seeing all these other moms on instagram that are homeschooling their kids or you know they've got like two-year-olds and they already know their abcs and here my my three-year-old is just you know sucking her thumb (laughs) and watching her tablet so it definitely can make you just feel like a failure when you're comparing yourself to other moms and you know oh there she's doing it different than me and um yeah my sister and i we are our boys are 10 days apart. So, and so there's a lot of comparison there. I've got um two friends right now that have babies just kind of within months of me as well. And so, you know, lots of other questions about like, Oh, is is nursing working for you? Or are you doing formula? Like just those, those other questions, you know? And I think that it's hard because as moms, we want to like help other moms and give advice to other moms, especially like, you know, if it's a new mom and she's struggling with nursing or whatever it may be. So we want to like offer that advice, but we also don't want to come off as like, oh, that's what you should be doing because that's what I'm doing. So yeah, the the comparison trap is real. There's that quote or saying, I think it's Theodore Roosevelt comparison is the thief of joy. And so since the whole book is about joy, it's like, no comparison is not going to get to steal our joy either. So mm-hmm. um, being able to just Stay focused on your own motherhood. You've got that mom gut, trust it. And you are the mom that was chosen for this baby. And you know that baby more than anybody Mm -hmm. or that child, I guess, too.
0: (laughs) Sure. Well, and it's tricky because there's a lot more people to compare to now. Yes. I actually think it was John Acuff who said, you know, his mom was in a cul-de-sac with four or five other moms, and those are the only moms you talk to. And now there's hundreds of moms that you can see what they're doing and what's everyone doing, and it's a lot lot more input. There's more input these days in terms of information. and, And so in some ways it's good. Like I just read this book called Hunt, Gather, Parent. That's all about parenting. It's actually one of my favorite parenting books I've ever read. And she had some really good advice in there. Like she's gone to different cultures and seen what they do in different parts of the world. And that sometimes we don't have any input at all because we're not living Mm multi-generationally so sometimes there's too much information or sometimes you don't have the right information you wish you had it and you just don't have it at all like i i just read that book and my oldest is 15. i'm like oh, i wish i would have read this one 15 years ago it was that good but Mm -hmm. it is tricky when there's all that information out there and you can really have a, a peek into so many different people's lives but like you said they're your kids they're individuals even if they're 10 days apart, they're going to be so different, like the little cousins. Yep. And that's a special yep. thing. What a special thing to have a cousin that close in age. They get to have just such a, a great relationship. So when talking about kids and anxiety, one of the things that you talk about how is how a lot of the anxiety that we see in children is coming from the pressures that they face. So tell us about that.
1: I think that, I mean, just talking more about kindergarten here, like kindergarten for me was half day and now we're expecting them to go all day long. And we like, it's not just that playing or preschool, like with activities mm-hmm. and crafts, like we're going to start teaching them how to read and everything in kindergarten. So we're, we're definitely expecting more of our children at a younger age these days and putting more pressure on them. Um, I, I know moms that are just like crazy. Every single night is a different activity, you know, with football right. and soccer and dance and all these things. And it's like, how does your child have time to do their homework? And because, yeah. you know, we've added, I, I've told anyways, that the homework load is a lot more these days compared to like when I was a child at a younger age too. So they're bringing homework, um, home with them and, and they're needing time to do all of that. And they're just, uh, lots of things that, you know, and then they're also like going to school and they're, you know, doing lockdown drills and everything. And so there's also that like fear creeping in on our children. Like I remember um, my son had a lockdown drill pre-K last year and it was really hard to talk to him about it and what, you know, why we do it and everything. And he just looks at me and he's like, well, what if Mrs. D gets, gets shot? And I, you know, what do we do in the class? And it was like that what if moment, he just like Mm. totally put himself in there. And I hadn't even mentioned anything about like a gun or anything. Like he, he just knew I was just like, oh, it's just in case somebody, you know, bad comes into the building and they want to harm you. And he just was like, well, they shoot the teacher. And and so their little brains just are already getting filled with fear at such a young age because of the world we live in, the pressures that we're putting on them, expecting more and more of them. And I just I pray that my kids can just stay little for as long as possible. I know they'll learn to read eventually. And I I don't want them to be fearful when they go to school and through those doors. So um just as my parents just trying to do everything that we can possible to just lighten that load and take that pressure off our, of our kids and and just help ease that anxiety because childhood anxiety is rising as well and I'm sure it's, it's, I haven't looked at any statistics recently, but with this pandemic and everything, it's probably gone through the roof and so our, our kids are struggling too.
0: Yeah, and as you're learning to deal with it in your own life, I'm sure that's giving you a lot of tools. To help with your kids so Courtney your book is mama's got anxiety but it's not going to steal her joy so cool that it has been so influential in your own journey and has helped you in this really difficult this is, these are difficult years of mothering so yeah you know I like I said I think it gets easier as they get older so what a great tool that you found that helped you and and so even just writing you know you wrote a whole book but a lot of people talk about journaling and that type of thing Mm -hmm. how just writing things down can be really healing like i would have thought you would have said this brought you anxiety because now you have all these interviews and now you have to I'm not book.
1: gonna lie I do have a little bit of anxiety about my anxiety book <laughs> <laughs> just you know people like what are people gonna think that I like am I gonna offend somebody what are the reviews gonna be and then yes just juggling having a three-month-old and doing podcast interviews doing a launch team like yes there's been anxiety about the anxiety book <laughs> <laughs>
0: But what a thing. It's going to be great for moms who need it and for parents who will get the sense that they're not alone, that they can read and they can see that this is something that a lot of people are having to deal with on a daily basis. I like that you said, you know, you have anxiety about having anxiety.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Because you just <laughs>
0: don't know what's going to come. Or they it's say a fear <laughs> of the unknown, right? Like, oh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Or
1: even just like, um, you know like feeling claustrophobia and stuff like that. Like, okay, I don't want to like put myself in a position of, or even like social anxiety. Like I don't want to go to that event or that party because I just feel like it would make me anxious or be socially awkward. Or I don't want to go to that big football game. Cause that's just too big of a crowd. So it is kind of like, you know, avoiding things because, Oh, that's going to make me anxious or, you know, having anxiety about having anxiety.
0: Right. Well, yeah, because you did talk about the social too. Yeah, I liked the story about when you were in a group and they did icebreaker questions. Yeah, Sometimes <laughs> they're like, why, why are we still doing this? <laughs> and they said, what's a fun thing in life you wish you would have done sooner? And then they're kind of like, well, that's kind of a depressing question. <laughs> I don't know if I could have come up with an answer.
1: Yeah. I'm like, oh, probably should have joined a group sooner and socialize and, and make more friends. But it just made me too anxious. So here I am
0: now. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, I kind of think we do things on their own time. Like, yeah, you do it when you're supposed to do it. A fun thing in life you wish you would have done sooner. Like that's super depressing. But then that was a story where you meet with this group and then you friended people on Facebook. And then your husband was like, no, no, it's too soon. <laughs> Too soon. It's too soon. You're going to come off clingy. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody friend me. (laughs) So that's tricky too. That's a whole tricky part of navigating the social rules of social media. It didn't used to be like that, right? You have to figure out how to do it in life. And then you also have to figure out how to do it online.
1: And as moms, like we don't have any time to socialize or make friends for ourselves, especially as stay at home moms, like it's just lonely. So like moment you interact with another adult, it's like be my friend.
0: (laughs) You have to like taper it. Like you wait this many days. There's no rules about that. (laughs) There's no rules. It's tricky. We I used to do just a lot of things with other moms during the day and I think that helped because It helps you to know that you can still have friends even when things are chaotic. Yeah. And that's really how it is. You can't finish a sentence and you're running from thing to thing or you don't show up. I mean, I think that would happen. Mm -hmm. It's like a kid gets sick last minute or they threw up or they fell asleep at the wrong time. And so you're having to deal with a lot of things. So in a lot of ways, mothering really helps us grow. And it helps us grow because we have to deal with these things.
1: Mm Mm-hmm
0: and there's no way around it and so yeah yeah, there's lots of information here about social anxiety and feeling awkward and just stumbling through it and going anyway being in the spot where you get asked a weird icebreaker question so that's (laughs) good advice not turning things down because of fear so Courtney way to go on a new book thank you thank you people can find more information at CourtneyDevich.com or at Courtney Devich author. How cool is that? <laughs> On Instagram. And there's information there as well. You've written for a lot of things. Your writing has appeared in Her View from Home, Today Parents, and For Every Mom. Have you always written mainly about anxiety? Um, no, I started um, just motherhood and faith. Um,
1: and then I started, I think it was, um, depression was the first piece that I, I opened up a little bit about my mental health history and everything. And and then just anxiety when it started hitting, just started writing more and more about that. So um, mainly motherhood is, is my, my arena, but uh, I've got a special heart in my, or a special place in my heart for the, my mom struggling with anxiety or depression for
0: sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. People can find a lot of help there. Thank you. Courtney, we always end our podcast with the same question. What's a favorite memory from your childhood that was outside?
1: Oh, um, well, I was raised in Montana. So I would say um, probably at Yellowstone National Park um, with my family, Um, old faithful. And just I I love I really miss the mountains. That's one thing about Michigan. I'm like, where are my mountains? Um, It was really hard for me moving here too, because I didn't have like mountains to like navigate me like oh that mountain's north like now I'm like I have no idea where I'm going out here (laughs) um so definitely just being at um Yellowstone National Park having picnic um as we're like driving through the park and uh, getting to see like the buffalo and all there's lots of uh, wildlife at that at, at Nash- uh, Yellowstone um, Yellowstone National Park, not the TV show. Which I know a, lot, a <laughs> lot of people when I say I'm from Montana, that's what everybody's mind goes to now is that TV show. So mm-hmm. uh, yes, fishing as well. Um, we did a lot of camping growing up, so I would oh. say get go camping and fishing with my my dad and uh, my sister. So yes, oh, I love that
0: what a cool place to grow up. I've actually not been there, so it's on our list. Have you gotten to go back? Yes.
1: Um, I went back last summer. Yes, we, okay. we try and um, we drive it, actually. It's 22 hours, um, right. so that's, that's tricky with kids, but it's way cheaper than flying. So we're going to go back, though. Um, we've got some air miles saved up, so we're going to go back for Christmas, and we'll fly this All time. Right. So yeah, it'll be really right. exciting because I haven't been home for Christmas in 12 years. So
0: Oh, that's so special. Well, Courtney, thank you for being here. Thank you for your time. I know you have a really busy week with book launch and your baby and we are neighbors. So maybe we're going to run into each other (laughs) like at Meyer or something like that. That would be amazing. (laughs) So all the best to you on launching this book. And I know it's going to help so many moms. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
2: Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place.